Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Happy New Year, everyone. It's our first episode in 2019. I'm certainly excited to kick off a new year of the Healthy Family Project. When looking at trends and topics for 2019, food waste is way up there on the list. I feel like it was important to chat about it early in the new year, Um, So really, why not the first episode? Americans wasted an estimated something around $218 billion worth of food in 2017. And I'm sure the numbers are even crazier when when we take a look at 2018 just last year. Um, We've just become a pretty wasteful society in general. But there are small things you can do as a family to make a difference in resolving this issue. I'm excited to talk to my friend today, Pamela Riemenschneider, who I consider somewhat of an expert in this category when it comes to fresh produce in particular. Pamela is mom of two boys and the retail editor for Blue Book Services. She's been part of the fresh produce industry for more than 10 years and has lots of insider tips. Today we're going to touch on easy ways your family can help reduce food waste, ways to use all of your fruits and veggies, how to properly store fruits and veggies for a longer shelf life, lunchroom waste, and the truth behind expiration dates. Um, So let's get started with today's topic. Hi, Pamela. Welcome to the Healthy Family Project. Hey, Amanda. Thanks for having me. It's great to chat with you today. Before we dive into tips for families looking to cut back on their food waste, can you tell everyone a little bit about you and your passion for this topic? Well, I grew up surrounded by fresh produce. You know, my my grandfather was a produce supervisor for Safeway in Kansas City. And my mom and aunts all worked at Safeway as teenagers. And my dad even was a long-haul truck driver for a little while. And when I was young, my sister and I would ride along with him hauling onions um, in Uvalde, Texas, of all places. I live near there now. Um, or we've, we've rode, ridden along with broccoli from California. And that wow. was all so much fun. Um, to learn that when I was very, very young. Um, and, I, and I can still remember the smells from my childhood. My grandparents' basement always smells like the apple aisle in the produce department. And uh, it, it, the, the smell of onions for me reminds me of like sweeping the skins out of a tractor trailer after dropping them off. <laughs> so we had that fun experience when I was younger. But professionally, I um, kind of wear a few different hats when it comes to fresh produce. I started out thinking I'd be a photojournalist for a magazine or a newspaper, and I worked as a news photographer. And then I ended up finding my way to a fresh produce trade newspaper and magazine. And I've spent more than 10 years covering the fresh produce industry in that capacity. Um, but it's kind of become more than just a career. It's, it's like a lifestyle for me. I started a video series in 2007 where I did product testing for value-added produce, um, like meal kits and microwavables. Um, But now I moved on. I've started a new job, and I have launched a YouTube channel called Produce with Pamela, and that's where we talk about all things produce. I have really unique opportunities to meet with growers and go into restaurants and food distributors. And I want to share that information with, you know, everyday people just to share the story of produce. So it's a, it's a lot of fun for me to get out there and learn all about produce. That's wonderful. It's, it's crazy how those smells, you know, of your childhood carry on. I think about when you said that it reminded me of canning tomatoes in my grandparents' basement. And so forever, 
that smell will remain with me, you know, and I think back to that time, um, which is like kind of weird. And, and also when you talk about the trucks, my dad also drove a truck, but he like just for kids being in a truck, there's just something about that that's super cool, right? <laughs> no, yeah, we rode along. He had a sleeper cab. So when he would go around the corners on some of those clover leaf things, my sister and I would roll back and forth on the bed in the Peterbilt. Um, so not the safest thing to do, <laughs> right. of course. But, you know, we were hauling onions from New York City. I mean, from Texas all the way to New York, wow. New York City once five or six or something like that and my dad went all the way out in this truck to the statue of liberty and it was at a time when it was like boxed up and he didn't know uh, a time before the internet we would have known that now right <laughs> he paid all the tolls to get us out there so we could see the statue of liberty and then it was just being repaired oh wow so, <laughs> i remember that one that was an onion haul that's so yeah too, too funny all those memories well i thank you for being on the show today i know that you know, you and I have connected being in the the produce industry together and share a lot of similar passions as far when it comes to giving back and being kind to our environment. And so when we were talking about, you know, the topic of food waste, and I thought, you know what, I need to get Pamela on because families moving into the new year, I'm sure maybe it's part of some of the resolutions that people are thinking about or or maybe not tagging it as a resolution, but just something that you'd kind of like to to make a difference and wondering how you might be able to do that as a family. So Pamela is going to chat with us today about that. So everything you're doing is, is super inspiring. So let's talk about food waste, hot topic. So according to our friends at Feeding America, 218 billion, that's crazy, dollars in food was wasted just last year. So that's that's just a crazy number. What are your thoughts? Um, just something simple, easy on a smaller scale that families can do to help eliminate food waste. A lot of what I see um, when it's talked about when it comes to food waste uh, revolves around what grocery stores can do or, or uh, farmers can do. Um, harvesting more uh, seconds or imperfect or ugly produce. Um, but, uh, and then of course those are some big numbers, but what I like to emphasize with consumers is that according to uh, refed, which is a organization dedicated to reducing food waste and, and the, the greatest impact, um, the most impactful thing that we can do to reduce food waste is consumer education and changing consumer behavior because most food is wasted at home. Uh, I have a little saying and, you know, it kind of sends me off on a tangent, but I, I say, I call it, don't turning your crisper, don't turn your crisper drawer into an oubliette. Um, an oubliette is uh, what they used to have in a French castle. It was a, it literally means a place to forget. So, you know, you see a lot I get of things about yes. this, right? Yeah, you go on the internet and people, you know, do, take a picture of their crisper drawer and it's like all sad, wilted produce. Um, and it's where good intentions go to die sometimes. Yes, Especially when people are doing um, New Year's resolutions. They go out and they buy a ton of fruits and vegetables because they're going to eat healthy now. Um, but you need to be able to plan ahead and I want to try to make it easy for people because I, I don't want to overwhelm people with um, all these things that you need to do to make sure you don't waste food. So step one is just buy with a purpose. Shop yes. with a list to a degree. I'm not saying you have to have a regimented list though. So you have a plan of what you're going to buy 
but that doesn't mean you can't look around in the store. So, cause I'm really bad about walking through the store and finding this beautiful display of produce. And it's something maybe I didn't plan and groceries do grocery stores do this on purpose. And that's okay. It's okay to be lured away by one of these beautiful displays because it's usually something that's either, you know, at the peak of its season or on sale. So maybe you had planned to buy carrots and have carrot sticks as a snack on your grocery list and you see they're sampling something like jicama. So sub out your carrot sticks and do jicama and that way you try something different and you got it at a good deal because it was on sale that week. So, you know, sub things out. Don't necessarily... Um, go into the store, see a beautiful display and add that on top of it. I know the grocery store would love it if you would just buy extra, but when you get home and you have 10 different snacks, maybe that's too much for one grocery trip. And we just talked about this today, our team here at Produce for Kids. So we're talking a lot about meal planning and um, we all agreed as, you know, personally that when we when we do, there's weeks that we do and we don't, but the weeks that we do create a meal plan, however simple it may be, we recognize that there's less waste than if we don't have a plan, however simple that may be. Well, and planning can be just as easy as I'm going to have snacks. And then you go to the store and you pick the snack you're going to have, your produce for the snack. You, you pick that at a specific time at the store. And it, and not necessarily have something in mind where, uh, well, I know I want to have uh, carrots on Monday and cucumbers on Tuesday, but go to the store and see what's on sale or plan ahead if you go through your, your grocer's like sale papers. Um, and that way you're, you're fulfilling that one need, but you're not necessarily creating too much work for yourself before you go to the store. Right. And then, so the other thing that I have for, you know, step two of, Uh, making sure that you don't waste when you are buying it and bringing it home is to store it properly. It'll last a lot longer. And I know a lot of people immediately turn to the refrigerator when they get home from the store. And for a lot of fruit, especially, that's a bad idea. Um, A lot of fruits don't like to be in the fridge. Avocados and mangoes need to be at room temperature to ripen, but you can actually put them in the fridge once they're ripe and keep them for another couple of days or for avocados, even another couple of weeks. Um, avocados can last a lot longer in the fridge once they're ripe. Mm-hmm. Um, citrus, bananas, even watermelons. People don't know about that one oftentimes. And a lot of other tropical fruits spoil faster in the fridge. Hmm. Have you ever had like a lime in the crisper drawer get like brown spots on it yes. where it kind of, like shrivels up? That's because it's been put in the refrigerator and that's what happens to it. It causes chill damage to the limes. So you're supposed to keep them in a fruit fruit bowl out on the counter. I have mine in a fruit bowl, and some t- sometimes people in my family, I don't know who does it, but sometimes things just find their way into the crisper drawer. I don't know if they, like, go there by themselves and at nighttime or if my family is, like, <laughs> or my family doesn't believe me when I'm, like, this needs to be out. And they're, like, no, it has to be refrigerated. All right. So if you need proof, there's a really fantastic chart from the University of California, Davis, which, you know, those of us in the produce industry know that a lot of the research for fruit and vegetable post-harvest happens at UC Davis that outlines storage guidelines. You know, maybe we can link to it from this post where you can have what should go in the fridge and what shouldn't go in the fridge. So if you need some scientific evidence to back yourself up to show that citrus isn't supposed to be in the fridge, then you can get it from there. Okay. Well, we'll definitely link up to that in the show notes for sure. 
And I also get a lot of questions from consumers on the best way to store fruits and vegetables, especially stuff that they bought at the store that was packaged, like berries in a clamshell. Um, those should not be rinsed or washed, no matter what the internet tells you about washing them in vinegar water or anything like <laughs> that. Don't get them wet until you're ready to eat them. Um, and they also should be stored in the clamshell container that you buy them in. Those are designed to allow just the right mix of air to keep them fresh and also try not to buy berries thinking you're going to eat them in like four or five days. Buy them to eat them in the next day or two. Um, don't try to keep them fresh in your fridge for more than a couple of days. It's not a good idea and you're going to end up wasting them. Right. I always like to freeze mine. As soon as I see the sign that they're probably not going to be consumed, I'm like, all right, time for freezing for smoothies. Yeah, I squish. I actually take strawberries and I chop them up and put just like a little bit of a sprinkle of sugar on them to macerate them. And then I freeze those and throw them over like ice cream or something that mm, like that mm -hmm. later. So that's what I do with my berries when they're getting close. Um, then there's also things in the vegetable oil like zucchini. Um, those go really well in like if you buy them at the store in a pouch bag. That tends to keep them a lot fresher because those respire quite a bit. They breathe. And they'll get shriveled up and wrinkly. So sometimes the packaging is actually designed to help keep them fresh and you should keep it in the packaging that it came in. You're right. And you know what? I just noticed the other day I, I bought um, garlic and I put it in a, in a Ziploc bag after I had started using it. And, and it was like moldy within a day. And then, mm -hmm. and then when I was, then I'm like, you know what? I have had that for a long time, but it couldn't have just like it had to have been the bag that I put it in that, like the moisture or whatever was in there. So now, no more of that. The garlic stays out. Well, and keep your potatoes out of sunlight. Those should be in a cool, dark place. And also keep potatoes and onions away from each other. They don't like each other, and they'll cause each other to spoil or bolt faster. A lot of people put their potatoes and onions in the same drawer in a cabinet or something like that to keep them dark, but you make sure to keep them separate too. Great tips. So from what I understand, there are lots of fruits and veggies that aren't being fully used, like the leafy greens on the end of celery. So who knew you could use those as part of your salad? I've been doing a lot of that. So do you have any surprising tips on fruits and veggies we may not be fully taking advantage of? So I like to take... And my fruits and like, I'm not my fruits, sorry. <laughs> I like to keep my vegetables, um, the scraps from those, like you said, the leafy tops from celery. My husband hates celery. Sorry, celery growers. So <laughs> the only place that we use it in our house is in soup. Um, mm. He recognizes the power of celery in soup. Um, so I keep all of those scraps together in a bag and either put it in my freezer or I keep it in my fridge for about a week. And I make chicken soup. Um, and chicken soup stock mm -hmm. probably once a week. So I plan ahead. If I peel carrots, I don't generally peel carrots. We just eat them whole. Um, and if I have uh, the ends of celery, the ends of onions or anything like that, I keep it together to add to my soup stock. So we buy a rotisserie chicken probably once a week. I live next door to Costco. Um, so then I make stock and I, I, they call it bone broth these days, like the hipsters or whatever. <laughs> so once we're done with the chicken, I take the bones and then my scrap bag and I put it together in my crock pot or an instant pot. You can do it in an instant pot too. Um, so those are things that are pretty natural to put in soup, like celery, onions, carrots. That's normal. Um, but don't forget things like lemons and ginger. Those make great broth too. Uh, so you can put those in your chicken broth 
And the other one that's really surprising to me is corn cobs. Um, if you roast your old corn cobs and throw them in with when you're making broth, it actually tastes really good. Oh, wow. I never thought of yeah. that. But I also kind of plan simple meals and use the same ingredients. Um, in our house, we do a lot of meals that I call choose your own adventure. <laughs> um, I'll prep a lot of vegetables and we'll build tacos or pitas. And then I'll plan to build those and I'll use the same leftovers the next day, but mm -hmm. in a different way. So for tacos, that'll be something like cilantro and onions that I would use as a topping on curry the next day or even um, do pitas on Monday and we would have the onions and the bell peppers from the pitas left over because I'll make extra and we'll use those at sauteed as fajita toppings the next day. Um, so I kind of plan my rhythm of my meals, mm -hmm. planning to reuse things that I might not finish up one day. Um, makes it really easy for us to try to make sure that we use everything um, and get it all done and not waste anything when we're done. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing that people don't think about is how simple things can be. Like, you don't really have to have complicated meals um, to use up and make sure that you're using all of your, your fruits and vegetables. Um, we just offer a bowl of some kind of fruit or vegetable with every meal. And I think this comes back to my grandfather and my grand, my grandparents are, um, alive and well in Kansas city. Mm -hmm. um, but at every meal, half of what he eats is fruits and vegetables. And if he's still hungry at the end of a meal, there's always a salad with dinner and you eat a salad first. And if you're still hungry, you eat another salad. Right. Um, so that's how we fill up. But, um, so last night at dinner, we had baked pasta and garlic bread and a salad. And I had a bowl of pomegranate arrows mm -hmm. that we had. I don't I don't know why we had them in the fridge. I think it was because pomegranates were on sale at the store and we were playing with, you know, picking them out um, and we did them all at once. So even though pomegranate arrows totally didn't go with pasta and garlic bread, I had the bowl of them on our table and my four year old ate most of those after he was done with dinner. So it may not necessarily be part of your big dinner scheme, but put an extra bowl of fruits or vegetables. Maybe it's something that needs to get eaten out on the dinner table so people think of it to eat it. Same with snack time. So maybe you're having sliced apples and peanut butter with snacks. Well, why don't you offer something that's also in the fridge at the same time? Oh, I like that. We, My daughter had a couple of friends. They were doing homework last evening, and I looked and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to throw a bunch of these fruits and veggies out there on the counter and they, they ate them right up. I mean, as I long as we underestimate the power of, of availability. I know. I'm just going to say that <laughs> right? the, because they didn't have to stand up and walk to the refrigerator and like remove it and set it out. Like that was great for them. <laughs> the other thing too, is the power of a fruit salad. Like I, I know there's tons of recipes and recipes are great and they're great for inspiration. But sometimes I look around my kitchen, like right now, I, I just got up from lunch and I'm thinking about dinner and I, I just looked at a bowl of green apples and some kiwi fruit that I have on my counter thinking, man, we need to use those. I'm going to chop those up and eat them as salad for dinner, like the fruit salad on our dinner table. And it's not anything that has like a dressing or anything like that. You can just chop up fruit and eat it as a fruit salad and you'd be surprised that your kids will just 
just eat it and it's not complicated at all and it's not some big huge planned ordeal of uh, preparing food Um, sometimes using up fruits and vegetables is just looking at what you've got out there on the counter or in your crisper drawer and throwing it together and putting it in front of people Um, it's not hard and, and sometimes people overlook it because it isn't part of their big meal plan right all right. Well, yeah, those are lo- those are lots of great ideas. I know we've been doing avocado, just avocado with lime juice. And and I have been amazed. We had it one day and my husband and my older daughter now are like, oh, can we get some avocado with lime juice as a side? I'm like, uh, yeah, that's the easiest. <laughs> that's the easiest yeah, side ever. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. So, you know, Mangoes d- aren't really in season right now. They are kind of. If you do, if you live in the right area, you can get really good fresh mangoes. But I buy some frozen ones where I have actually, the end of the summer when they have the really big ones on sale, I buy them and I chunk them up and I freeze them. And last night for dessert, my kids were, you know, griping at me because they wanted to have some ice cream. And I had a bowl of mango with chamoy sauce on it. And that was just me. Mm. And both of them said, hey, I want some of that. And they ended up eating all of the mango that I had left in the freezer. (laughs) Um, So I'm a little upset about that. But it's just a matter of either modeling it or making it available sometimes that kind of moves the needle on actually getting people to eat stuff. Right. I agree. Okay. So speaking of kids, we know that kids tend to waste quite a bit of food in the lunchroom every day during the school year. I know... I go sometimes, you know, if I stop by the school or you're in the cafeteria and you just see these trash cans where kids are just like dumping everything they have, that or they're bringing it home, which is what my kids do, where I open the lunchbox and say, oh my goodness, I cannot believe it's like breaking my heart that I have to throw these things out. So I know it's a tough, kind of a tough question, but do you have any advice on helping kids understand food waste and kind of combating the lunchbox dump, as I like to call it? I do the same thing. I go up to my son Ike's school and I'll have lunch at his school and they have a salad bar and kids can take unlimited amounts of fruits or vegetables with their school lunch. And so many kids pick things up and they just pick it up and then they throw it away. And that drives me crazy too. Um, So I talk to them at the table about whether or not they're actually going to eat it. And I'm kind of frustrated that the school keeps giving them tiny red delicious apples Mm -hmm. that none of the kids actually eat. Um, But that's a that's a school food service issue that I would really hope that, you know, the kids would get a little more education at school. But it all starts at home, too. We're talking about mindfully Mm -hmm. picking up what they're eating and what they're actually throwing away and talk about food waste and talk about are you going to eat it? Don't take it unless you're going to eat it. Um, and, and it's a hard one for me to handle. Uh, I have a kid who loves all types of food. And when we make his lunch, he wants this gourmet, amazing food. And he and, and he'll come home with half of it uneaten. And it's really frustrating for me. Um, so my best advice for school lunches in my, you know, my, my son is 10 now. And I've been doing school lunches since he was four. Um, my best advice is to pick foods that travel well and get to the lunchroom in the best condition possible. And we live in Austin, Texas. It's hot here most of the time. Cold packs are a must. Mm-hmm. Like we, we can't stand room temperature food. Um, it, it, I can't stand warm, slimy strawberries either. <laughs> so if I send pre-cut strawberries in a lunchbox that isn't cold, 
my kids will not eat them. They will send them home and it'll come back and I'll be mad because I spent the money on strawberries and sent it to school and spent the time prepping it too. Um, so I pick things that taste good that, you know, if it maybe if it hasn't not fresh out of the fridge or, but at least something that is going to keep well, um, the cucumbers for my kids, they like those as long as they're kept chilled in their lunchbox, they'll eat them. But if they get warm, they come back. So I, I avoid things that don't taste good warm. Um, and I also prep stuff for optimum eating. Um, so when I go up to school and I watch the whole apples go in the trash and the sliced apples get eaten, you know, it's just the way kids eat. Uh, this Mm -hmm. is, and we have to accept it and you're not going to make your kid learn how to eat a whole apple, especially younger elementary school age kids that maybe have a puzzle in their mouth of missing teeth. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) I have to think about it. And there are some apples example. If if your kid really wants sliced apples, buy one that browns slowly. There's a couple out there that don't turn brown quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, just naturally, and you can slice up and then put them back together and put a rubber band around it, and that'll help keep the um, the the color to them. I know some people also put uh, lemon juice or something like that on there. Yeah. Whatever you need to do to get it to school in a condition that your kid will eat it. Um, that's uh, and you know I love to hate on bento boxes. Um, they, they really well presented manicured <laughs> food. I just don't have time for that. I don't have the time. I don't plan ahead enough. Um, the best I can do is grapes on a stick. <laughs> um, but I find that when I actually do some kind of food staging, uh, things get eaten a little bit better. And I, also, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're not going to go as far as like cutting rabbits into cheese or you know, some of the stuff that I've seen on there is amazing. And I applaud the moms and the parents and everyone whose love language is making food amazing looking for their kids. Um, that's not me. So. And, and I'm telling you, I'm the, I'm the same way. My bento boxes are probably not Instagram worthy, but I the bento boxes, they work. I feel like my kids like the smaller portions and they like like they just they love cheese platters in general or any kind of platter. So I'm like, I feel like this to them is like they kind of pick and choose and they have like options and they're not like it's it's just simple things in the compartment. Like you said, grapes on a stick or whatever. It's all very simple, but it, there's just something about it that when I send the bento box, it comes back empty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, my uh, one of my really good friends lived in the southeast. I know you live in Florida. And she used to shop at Publix, and at Publix they had these uh, toothpicks that were shaped like a little sword, like a little Mm -hmm. plastic sword. And if you put grapes or grape tomatoes or something like that on one of those little tiny swords, like all of the food gets eaten. It was it was all presentation. (laughs) I don't I don't don't have any any other explanation other than every time I went to Publix, I stocked up on little tiny swords. Yes. I mean, hey, whatever works, whatever you have to do to to get that food to not be wasted and consumed. So I'm all for it. Yeah, the my girls, uh, like I said, the bento boxes are, are a really big hit. And now that they're making like mini of everything, which I, I find it funny to say like making in reference to produce, growing, I guess is the right term. Um, but like uh, my daughter this weekend, they have the, the smaller apples. So whereas she really likes sliced apples, but we were in the produce department and she was like, mom, 
I could take the whole apple if you buy me these apples. And I was like, I will buy you these apples. Will you eat it? And she's like, yeah, because it's only like five bites. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like overwhelming this big, huge apple. You know, it's perfect size for them. And I know there's other produce that has come out recently, too, that's just like miniature size so that it's not like, oh, I have to eat this huge whatever. It's like perfect size for them. Yep. And I never really thought about that before, but I've had a couple of different events where I've done mini focus groups to talk to moms about how they are feeding different produce items to their kids. And when apples come up, most of the moms I know, most of the parents I know buy like one class of apples for themselves and then another class of apples in a smaller size for their kids. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to buy like one of those premium fancy varieties of apples those are mom's apples and then like the little mainline gala apples the the (laughs) tiny ones those are kid apples because that's a it's really basic but if you have a I have a four-year-old he takes three bites sometimes and then he leaves it Mm -hmm. so either I'm I'm batting cleanup here and having to eat what he's not eating or I'm not too upset that he's only eaten half of an apple and, and at least it's a small one and not a huge one right All right. So you have been working in produce for more than a decade. Are there any insider tips you might be able to share about getting the most out of the fruits and vegetables you buy? Well, this is a a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I I fight the good battle following a lot of blogs and Facebook groups about cooking and food prep. And one of the most common questions I see is about whether or not a food is okay to eat based on the expiration date or, you know, the use by date. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here's something insider pro tip, best buy and use by dates have nothing to do with food safety. And so many people don't know that. Um, They don't know that if it it has actually no nothing to do with the date that the food spoils, they're a date that the producer estimates its best quality before. Um, so if you see that use by date on something like a bag of salad and it's four days from now, it could already be bad because it was at the front of the case or it sat at the box, sat at room temperature for an hour in the back room before the, the stalker put it out on the shelf. Just one or two degrees out of optimal temperature can have a dramatic effect on shelf life for something like that. Okay, I have to interrupt you here because of I have a salad story. I bought a sal- I was buying a salad for a holiday event like 2 days before Christmas and the bag salads were bogo, so of course I had to buy two. I only used one. I left for Pennsylvania where my parents live for about 8 days. I came back and that salad in the bag was in prime condition. I was in shock. I felt like that must have just been put on the shelf whenever I purchased it. But you, I feel like I've never had a bag salad. I mean, granted, it, it wasn't open, but that was like over a week, week and a half, over a week and a half that I was like, I just was amazed. And that, and that's so <laughs> true because that's that happens all the time. Um, so be, you, you can have, you know, on the flip side of my, you know, it could be bad even four days before that Best Buy date. Um, you could have something that's like some kind of magical salad and you bought it and <laughs> somehow it maintained the perfect temperature 
and it's perfectly fine to eat two or three or four days or even things like packaged guacamole if you buy you know guac in a box mm-hmm. for that that use by date is way 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 conservative um so there's no real scientific information that i'm giving you here but you are your best advocate like the sniff test i hate to say it is still one of the best (laughs) indicators of whether or not something is good to eat so those dates i I don't want to say they mean nothing but those dates are an approximation of quality they are not a expiration and they are not the only thing in the market that is not safe to consume based on the expiration date is baby formula. That's the only one that's regulated. And that's because it's a nutrient density. And as it gets older, the nutrient density isn't what it's supposed to be. Right. So that's the only one, according to all of these dates, that actually has an expiration date. The rest of them are used by dates. Well, and I think um, I've volunteer at a local uh, grocery store here in Orlando. Um, It's United Against Poverty. They're amazing. But when we go in to volunteer, one of our jobs is to check the products. They have a chart. And they're they're like, well, this is the date isn't really the date. And when I started volunteering there, I'm like, I don't understand what you mean. If it's this is the date, we need to throw it away. And they're like, no, check the chart. This is when it's actually like... (laughs) You still yep. got a good like couple months on that can, but and um another thing that I just discovered, and we'll link up to it in the show notes. I want to say that the USDA, um, I, don't quote me on that because I'm gonna I'm gonna do some digging after after we're done here. But um, there is a website that a credible organization has developed where you can actually plug in different products, and it'll it'll tell you a better estimate than the date that's actually on the package. So when I find that, I will link to it. That's a good idea. Cause I know what you're talking about. I don't, and I, I too, it's like, you know, floating in, in the space above my mm-hmm. head. I know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but you know, so I, I said the sniff test is your great indicator. You know, I don't eat bag salads that are poofed out. Like if it's taut mm-hmm. or have a strong smell or slimy ingredients, that sounds so gross, but it's true. Um, but, and cut fruit that gets fizzy. That's kind of on its way to becoming kombucha. Yeah. Let's, let's not try to (laughs) eat that. Okay. Yes. Um, there are a few items at home though, that people assume are bad, but they have a whole lot of great shelf life left. Uh, And I'm talking about things like, you know, wilted greens, like lettuce or parsley. If you can throw it in the sink, like snip the end off um, or the root end or just cut it and throw it in a bowl of water, warm water, like not hot, but warmer water will crisp things better than cold water. Cold water tends to make things crispy. Warm water tends to absorb up in there better. Um, That'll give it a a new lease on life. So if you can get it to bounce back, um, then it's generally good to eat still. Um, And then there's a few other things like uh, wrinkles. People are usually see something that's wrinkly and they think it's it's gone bad. Um, but on something like a mango, uh, wrinkly mangoes are actually a lot sweeter. Uh, so you should give them a chance. Um, I avoid things that have mold, yes. dark rotten pits. Good idea. <laughs> a, a bad smell or slime. Slime is, I, I, I hate slime made out of glue and I hate it even worse when it's on my fruits and vegetables. So your best, but, but, you know, these are last ditch efforts, right? The sniff test is the last thing you do. 
Um, it's best to plan ahead and use it up before you get there. Um, but, you know, make sure that you are actually throwing away food that is inedible. If you if you get to that point, if you have chickens, great, give it to your chickens. If you have compost, great, do compost with it. Um, but, you're, you know, number one, only buy what you need. Number two, have a plan. And number three, don't throw it away if it's still good. Um, those are kind of like the three rules of food waste for fresh produce for me. And, you know, before you, you know, your last chance is, is to give it the sniff test. And if it, and if it fails, then, then you're going to have to do the walk of shame to the trash can. <laughs> well, I love it. I feel like there's so many, these are so many simple things that we can do as families to make an impact. You know, it's, it's not some grandiose thing that's totally overwhelming that we can all be a part of, of kind of working to eliminate food waste and just taking these, these small steps to be able to, to really make a difference. So, well, I can't thank you enough for being part of the healthy family project and for your own personal contribution contributions excuse me to helping end food waste and of course your contributions to sharing information with consumers and doing all you do for the fresh fresh produce industry um can you tell listeners where they can find you if they want more pamela yes of course you can <laughs> find me uh, at produce or i have a youtube channel that's produce with pamela Awesome. Well, I'm sure everybody will be sure to tune in to those. And thank you so much, Pamela, for chatting with us today. Thanks, Amanda. Well, food waste doesn't seem so overwhelming after understanding how we can help in small ways. I really think every small effort we take can make a difference in the big food waste picture. If you have other tips on what families can do to help end food waste, be sure to tweet with me on Twitter. I'm Amanda M. Kiefer, so find me over there. I'd love to hear from you and continue this conversation. We'll be adding a lot of links to the show notes, so check those out to get more information if you want to dive in a little deeper. And we're also launching, so this is upcoming, a free meal planning ebook here in the coming months. Um, and I should have more information to share on our next episode. Be sure to listen in or really check back over at produceforkids.com for those immediate updates. We are adding recipe ideas to our database weekly over on produceforkids.com. So be sure to check those out Get if you're looking for some new inspiration for the new year. And then um, find other inspiration from us, as always, on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.